whenever a pastor mentioned to us, he said, what I want you to do, and, and I know it's a holiday weekend, so we're not going to keep you from your families. But what's happening tonight, I believe it's very significant because you have a lot of things you could be doing. But you've set aside to build an altar. That's what you've done. You've set aside tonight to build an altar. One thing I know about our Heavenly Father, He excels in an atmosphere filled with His presence. You build an altar for Him to abide in and upon. And there's something about us doing that that, that it, it all almost mandates His presence. When Paul and Silas were in that prison cell, what did they do? They built an altar. They began to worship. And the suddenness of God showed up. And suddenly, the earth began to shake. And suddenly, all of the shackles fell off of them. And suddenly, the jail cell doors opened. And depending on which translation you read, the Bible says, and the prisoners were listening. You know, here's the thing about it. We all have family and friends that, that they don't want you to know they're listening. But they are. Does this really mean to them what I think it means? Or is this just something they do? A social event. But what's happening tonight is we're building an altar. What's happening is, is our, our mouth is lining up with our heart. Come on now. In the book of James, he talks about can fresh water and salt water, you know, flow out of the same vessel. And we know it can't. It becomes brackish water. Has anyone ever been to the the beach and you've been there where the water's crystal clear because it's salty? And then you get to the river, which is also clear, but the moment they try to mingle. Have you ever ever seen that? And and, and it gets a cloud. I I can't explain it, but you can't see through it. It's like trying to see through bifocals and it's, it's, you can't do it. Blessing and cursing. What's happening tonight? We're building an altar. The Father, more than anything else, I've come to worship you. There are a lot of things I could talk about, but my greatest example is, is Abraham or Abram. When you look at Genesis chapter 12 and Genesis chapter 13, we see where Abram, God would speak to him. And he said, I'm going to give you this land. And when God spoke to Abraham there, or Abram, the Bible says, he built an altar in thanksgiving that God had chosen to speak to him. And then when God said, I want you to go to the next place, he took down his tent. God told him exactly where to go. The Bible says he put his tent up and he built an altar to worship this became a pattern what are we doing tonight what's pastor having you do when you come together once a month on friday night or how often you do that as you're building an altar it's becoming a pattern in your life because if you set these patterns when the times are good 
that when the struggles come, what's going to come out of your mouth? Not the cursing, but the blessing of the Lord. It'll, it'll be a byproduct of you building an altar. So then whenever God asked Abraham, there in, the, in, in, in Genesis chapter 22, to take his son, his only son Isaac, and offer him as a sacrifice. You see, the thing that the Lord showed me was is most historians think that, that Isaac was probably 18 to 20 years old. He wasn't a little boy. So they'd had to ha- have had a conversation. The Lord has asked us to go, and, I, and I'm supposed to offer you as a sacrifice. It reminds me of another conversation of another father and a son. Son, I, I need you. Go as my only begotten and offer your life as a sacrifice. And you know the groanings that took place in Gethsemane whenever Jesus, as man, began to cry out because somehow or another his will was involved. And he said, Father, the Bible says he 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 sweated as great drops of blood, but he said, Not my will, but yours be done. Well, Father, if this is what God has said then let's go do it. And you know the rest of the story. Gathered the servants, gathered the donkey, gathered the, 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 the wood, and they headed to the mountain that God told them to go to, to. They get to the bottom of the mountain, and Abraham speaks to the servants, stay here, the, the lad and I are going to go yonder and worship. On the way there, Father, we have the wood. Where's the sacrifice? The Lord will provide. Son, I need you to go with me. I'm going to go offer a sacrifice. And here's the thing. As they're headed up the mountain, he begins to tie his hands. Prepare him to lay him on the altar. He's a big enough man. He could have said, what are you doing, Dad? Somehow, I believe he had to have said, I don't understand this, but I trust you. Because ever since he was a lad, he had been told, you're the son of promise. Through you. The Bible says that our people will be numbered in this earth as the sands of the sea. But we're going to, what are you tying my hands for? Am I the sacrifice? But as they get to that place, they build an altar. That place of sacrifice, an altar is a place for slaughter. You know what's happening here tonight? We're laying our lives afresh and anew on the altar. Father, afresh, I give you my life. I consecrate my life. The Lord's touching people all over this room. You have family members that as you build an altar, of worship (laughs) they're coming home they're coming in they're coming in so Father we thank you Father we're setting these patterns in our lives the Bible said they laid he laid Isaac on the altar 
And as he raised the knife, the voice of heaven spoke and said, Now I know. Don't touch your son. Now I know. And he heard the bleeding of the ram. And he called that place Jehovah Jireh. God will provide. Right where you sit tonight, I don't know what you need. Maybe you need your kids to come home. Maybe you need wisdom for your business. Maybe you need healing for your body. Just lift your hands and say, the Lord will provide. He's got my back. He's got this thing. Hallelujah. He's got this thing. My healing. My deliverance. My provision. Depression has to go. Depression has to go. He's breaking diseases off of people. The need for medication is coming off people tonight. All, all doctors are doing is they're touching the symptoms anyway. They're just going off of what you tell them, what the symptoms are. Hallelujah. So, Father, tonight... Even through the midnight hours, bring your healing virtue. Hallelujah. We were ministering in Dallas. And I said, God's touching families tonight. They're going to be wayward kids. Come home. They're going to come home. I speak to them wherever they are. You're going to be sick of living under a bridge. You're coming home. I don't know where they are tonight, but God's going to arrest them. Bring them home. Came back the next night for the meeting and a man met me at the door and he said, Pastor, you ain't going to believe what happened last night. I woke up this morning and said, my stepson was sitting in my living room when I woke up. I said, Jim, what are you doing here? He said, I don't know. He said, all I know is this. He said, I've been living out here under a bridge. Drug addict. He said, all I knew was this. He said, I felt in my heart I got to get home. And his stepdad said, well, let me tell you why you're home. Last night, we prayed for you. And he said, the preacher said, you've got wayward kids. And he said, they're coming home. He said, you're here today because God touched your heart and brought you home. I I, I don't know. You know, in these meetings, I don't know what God's doing. But as we are faithful to pray, he is the one who is faithful to do what only he can do. We do our part. He does his part. He's the way maker. Amen.